Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, associate producer and Starista's creative copy manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market. We'll also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vincent and AJ chat with Allison Witherspoon, chief marketing officer at Nissan. She details her globe-hopping career arc that took her everywhere from Amsterdam to Japan. She also discusses the transition from kicking the tires to researching cars in the digital space, as well as how shopping for a new car doesn't need to be an either-or experience. AJ gets a new laptop, and Vincent remembers with fondness his Nissan Altima. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It is another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I, of course, am one of your hosts, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products here at Starista. Really quick, who is Starista? Well, we're an identity marketing company. We help brands acquire new customers through our data sets. We own our own data, B2B, B2C. We also help, we own our own DSP. We help brands execute display. We help them execute CTV. That's a lot of acronyms I just threw at you, ladies and gentlemen. But this is not about Starista. This is about our podcast, about our guests, about my co-host as well. You know him. He is my commander-in-chief here at Starista. Ladies and gentlemen, he's coming in nice and clear. He's got a new laptop, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent. Yeah, it, it, it does. I, I feel brighter just looking at my own face. So that's good. Isn't that great? You know, you, you brighten my day every day, AJ. Now, at least you're brightening <laughs> your own. So that's pretty good. What's going on in San Antonio these days? It's been, it's been kind of a weird weather week here. It's been kind of raining, thunderstorm, hailstorm. So the whole year has been kind of odd in Texas. But uh, last Last seven days, we've seen everything. We've seen 85 degree weather. We've had a day without any sunshine, multiple uh, flash flood warning, but it's uh, back to being nice out again. So, uh, but yeah, still getting some uh, tennis in middle of all this. So that's good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, as the warm weather approaches here in New York City, more people are out and about. People are just hanging out. I was I went out the other day to the comedy clubs and people were out on uh, McDougal Street. Our guest will know McDougal Street. She uh, used to live in New York City. Looked like Mardi Gras out there. I was like, what is happening? But it was fun. Oh, AJ, speaking of fun, we have an amazing guest, an amazing guest. Let me first tell you a little story, right? So the very first car that I bought myself with my own money, out of school was a 2003 Nissan Altima. This is when they won, uh, 2002, that automobile won uh, North American Car of the Year, if I remember correctly. She will tell me if I, uh, hopefully that's correct. But it was amazing. I remember that feeling. It was black, nothing like a clean black car. When you turn it on, it would just start it up. The car I had before was just old and it was such an amazing memory. I'm talking about my Nissan Altima. We have someone out from Nissan, but before I get to this amazing guest. And then fast forward. Now, you know, I live in, people in the podcast know I live in New York City. AJ always makes fun of me because I don't uh, drive or he, he makes fun of my driving. But so 
Fast forward 2020, I'm renting a car because I'm in another state. My wife and I are expecting another baby. We had to move out of New York City. We needed a safe, reliable, and we wanted some style in our car. So we rented a Nissan Altima and it got us back and forth. We took the baby home in that Nissan Altima. So proud memories that I have. I just want to share with all the listeners and our guest of honor tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, before I get to her, let me introduce some awards. I'm going to embarrass her for a second with these awards. 2020, named 100 Leading Women in North America by Automotive News, named Female Frontier, Breaking Brand Barriers by Campaign U.S., named to Adweek Executive Mentor Program. I could go on and on. Ladies and gentlemen, a great Marketing stir welcome to the CMO of Nissan, Allison Witherspoon. What's going on, Allison? Hello, hello. I'm very, <laughs> very excited to be here. I loved your Ultima story. I love, love, loved it. Loved it. I love, yeah. I, you know, it's rare that I think this is maybe our 75th podcast, and there's maybe a few brands on there, maybe one or two that I, we're actual customers of and, and, and use, uh, but uh, it's not every day. And it's not like something, it wasn't as big as, as an automobile and automobiles are such parts of people's lives. And, you know, it was, it was almost, uh, you know, 18, 19, 20 years in between, but uh, yes, I had to share that story. That's but, awesome. I love it. And actually I just saw, so Devante Smith, Devante Smith, uh, who just was the number one draft pick yeah. Heisman winner. Uh, at so Alabama. Nissan, that's right. And Nissan has a relationship with the Heisman Trust, so we're we're corporate partners, and and we 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 help deliver the Heisman Trophy. Um, oh, wow. So he was on uh, he was on actually a show, and he they were asking him, you know, after you get drafted, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to what are you going to buy? And they were ta- asking him about his cars, and you know what he has? He has a Nissan Altima, and love he said it. he wants to keep it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I know. I, I love, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Nissan. I'm not, you know, like I said, it's, it's rare that I have, uh, you know, ties uh, to it, but that, that's awesome. Yeah. Devonta Smith, he went to the yep. Eagles. So as a New York Giants fan, Allison, I'm not that happy about that, <laughs> but uh, you know, AJ doesn't get that reference and he's not a football fan. We make fun of him on the podcast because of that sometimes, but uh, that is awesome. Allison, thank you so much for joining us. So people obviously know Nissan, but Please tell our audience your role within the organization. Sure. Um, so I'm the chief marketing officer. I'm responsible for all of our consumer-facing communications, whether it's something at a national level, even in our regional levels as well. Um, so all of our consumer-facing marketing communications, the media, and that's where we place it, you know, buying side, sell, not the selling side, but on the buying side of it, our data innovation and customer experience um, and, and sponsorship. So I'm, I'm basically, it's kind of, I'm external facing with all consumer facing communications, but then also kind of the foundation, which is the data and customer experience piece of it. So overall, I'm responsible for enhancing brand value. How do we leverage, you know, insights and data? How do we deliver on consumer trust? Um, and then how do I work closely across our entire organization? You know, we're responsible for, you know, Nissan, we're responsible for all of the automotive design, engineering, consumer and corporate financing, distribution, manufacturing, and then sales and marketing. So how do I bring what we're doing when it comes to 
what consumers see in communications or what I like to call like out in the world, out in the world. How do I collaborate with all of my counterparts across the entire organization um, to really bring that to life? Wow, that's uh, that's uh, quite the role. There's a lot, lot of move, lot, lot of moving parts. It's not dull. I don't. There is there, no two days are the same. It is not dull. It's con. It's constantly exciting. Yeah. Um, and I think in the automotive space is really interesting. And I think our on the Nissan side, our future and our, our path ahead is really, really exciting. So definitely, definitely not bored. <laughs> it is exciting every single day. That, that's awesome. And we're, you know, we'll definitely get to, uh, you know, learning more about the future of Nissan. But I want to go back to the past. I want to go back to your past and talk about how you got into marketing. It's the Marketing Stir Podcasters. We always hear from students who are getting into this field. Talk to us about that journey. Sure. So my my journey, it starts first kind of my love for automotive started when I was a little girl. So I I was just obsessed with cars and I had brothers and my dad, you know, we were all just really obsessed with cars. And the first my first love, my first love was a Porsche 911. And I was I was probably like seven or eight. Um, and I would stare out of my family's state. We had a station wagon at the time. And I would count the Porsche 911s that I would see. And I was just fascinated by the design. I was amazed by how designers could shape sheet metal like that. Um, and so it started, I started, that's how it started. I went to college, I went to the University of Missouri, Columbia, and I started out first as an accounting major. So I was in a five years master's program. And my junior year, I was getting ready to take a prerequisite um, of international marketing. And I took that class and the very first day they were talking about a Got Milk campaign and how Got Milk is translated all over the world and what that means and how you can, you know, there are different meanings for that across all these parts of the world. And I was just sucked in. I changed my major overnight. I literally like dropped out of my master's program, completely freaked my parents out. And I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, so I got my first job out of college. Um, I got a job consulting for Mercedes Benz and it was, you know, I was talking, I was implementing brand standard programs for the dealerships. I became kind of a jack of all trades working with the team out, uh, out in Montville. They were in Montville, New Jersey at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was living in New York and, um, just working with them on all these different projects. And I just started to learn different parts of the business. So whether it was, setting up business development centers with their dealers, brand communications, product management and product marketing, and how do you price vehicles and how do you package vehicles um, to things like certified pre-owned. And I just learned all of these different aspects of it. And then I moved agency side for Mercedes. Mercedes actually asked me to take a position at the agency. So I went agency side, got a lot of that experience there. And then I worked for BMW's agency and led the team there. I did Olympic, Super Bowl. I spent a lot of time in Munich at their global headquarters. And then I, um, I was really intrigued by international work and international advertising and marketing and what that means for a brand across all of these different markets. So I took a position leading the global agency team for Volvo, which was based out of Amsterdam. So I moved to Amsterdam, led that team, um, worked very, was in Sweden every week, um, working with the teams there. And then I got a call and I always describe this as, and I had been all consulting and agency side. 
And then I got a call that just changed my life. And it was, it was actually Nissan and they were looking for a marketing director for Infinity, for um, our luxury brand, Infinity. And so I moved from Amsterdam, uh, Netherlands to Nashville, Tennessee, which is where our US, our, uh, America's headquarters are and where the US market, um, where our headquarters are as well. So led that. Um, I was there for several years. You know, it was a great time. I learned a lot being a client, especially coming from the agency side. I transitioned to the Nissan side a few years ago and I worked in our global headquarters in Japan. So I lived in Japan for two years, um, working on the global marketing team there and then came back here and I've been the CMO here. So that is my journey. Uh, I, would, I love the journey. And we always like those stories because like you said, it's never, it was accounting first and then now it's yes. marketing. Thank you for sharing yep. that. Yeah. And I think uh, our, our finance team, is, I'm like the secret, the secret accounting person because it's like, I have that background. And so it, I love to have conversations with the CFO and I always lean into that. So I'm like this little, I'm this stealth marketer. What a cool story and background, Allison. So thanks for sharing. And sounds like you've lived at some, uh, pretty amazing places as well as part of your yeah. job. Yeah, uh, definitely. So has the pandemic changed some of uh, how you approach marketing? And obviously probably the traveling portion has been affected. Uh, but in terms of marketing, has there been a big shift? Yeah, I think the, I think the biggest thing that's come out, and I think one, I'll, I'll start with the consumer and kind of consumer behavior and what we've seen there. And then maybe, uh, and then I can talk a little bit about internally how it's changed us as marketers. So I think the first thing that we've seen is that, um, you know, consumers, they were always in the driver's seat. I will use a lot of automotive puns, so just <laughs> allow me to have this moment. I, <laughs> consumers have been in the driver's seat, especially in how they research and purchase products. And you've seen so much of that in the retail space. It has not been as prevalent in the automotive space. And a lot of that is because so much buying, all that transaction was solely happening at the dealership. And there's a lot of reasons why. Um, but what we saw during the pandemic is that it really started to shift for automotive into this digital space. I think from a consumer behavior standpoint, it was all about what we would call, what used to be called kicking the tires, which is what you would do when you'd go to a dealership and, and look at the cars kind of on the weekends or on your own time. All of that now happens online. All of that research is being done and they're using third-party auto sites. They're using platforms like YouTube. They're using a lot of social media and Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then they're also using the brand websites um, and, and how do you get all of that pricing information? And what we saw is that consumers are really starting to, one, during the pandemic, you know, overall dealerships, and this was across every brand, um, in many states, dealerships were not considered essential service, so they were closed. And it really became a moment of truth for our dealers and that they needed to start to shift into online retailing, which was allowed. And so on our side, it was more about, okay, we know consumers want to shop this way. We were already working on e-commerce efforts. How do we start to accelerate those? And so we brought forward plans and we launched plans that were maybe six months to almost 12 months out to launching within a matter of weeks. Um, and it's really about being there for consumers, you know, first and foremost, if they have needs, if they, if they do have a need for a car, how can we be there for them? And then future forward, it was, how do we continue this? How do we keep building on this? Dealers are already starting to get used to online retailing. They're already adapting to it. 
let's create that foundation and those tools to have them do that. So I think those are the two big things that we saw from a consumer standpoint. Internally, I would say the, the biggest thing is to just not be so set in what your plans are. And it forced us to really have different scenarios to be able to adapt to what consumers are wanting and what they're able, you know, how they're gonna respond. And so the days of having 12 months to develop a campaign, that doesn't exist anymore because we were developing work in hours. Uh, we were developing brand new campaigns in a matter of hours. And so I think, you know, we, we've, we're now getting to a point of, of a little bit of equilibrium, um, but it's really forced us to be much more agile in our approach um, and be much more in tune with what consumers are wanting, how are they wanting to engage with brands, what are the types of conversations that they're wanting to have. So yeah, no, that's definitely very true. We we see, especially being on kind of the uh, delivery side of things, uh, clients never come to us and ask for things two months in advance. It's always uh, in yeah. two days or next yes. morning usually. So. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think you know, and I we you know we we did have a conversation kind of midway through the year because you know you just get into this mode of like you know, change, you know, like adapt, execute, adapt, execute, adapt, execute. And then we started to have conversations internally, like, let's not just deliver right in time, you know, let's bring back planning and strategy once things start to stabilize. And so I feel like we've gotten to a place that is much more realistic in adapt, being able to adapt to consumers, but we're still operating much faster than we were two years ago and before the pandemic. I think, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of, you know, right up against those deadlines. Um, but I feel like we're starting, that's starting to, you know, we're starting to get to a more stable place than where we were, you know, a year ago. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, you mentioned your background in finance. So does that give you a different approach to marketing? Are you more focused on metrics than perhaps other CMOs? I, I, th I, think, um, I think the role of the CMO has changed, especially in the last couple of years. I think from my background, I, I am 100% comfortable leaning into those finance conversations. To me, the role of the CMO isn't about the TV spot. Or what the Super Bowl spot is, and I think there, you know, there are, you know, those, those, that was the case a few years ago, and, and especially, you know, kind of ten years or so ago, um, you know, to me, it's about how do we measure the performance of our marketing instead of just, you know, kind of here's what the big idea is. It's how do we start to measure that? For me, what I, where I really feel comfortable and where my sweet spot is, is the intersection of data and creativity, and how can we use data to help inform what our creative solutions are going to be and then how do we reach consumers with that and i think you know i don't think that either one kind of lives in a vacuum i think the the combination of the two of them that's where the real power is um, so for me i think it's 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 been an evolving role of the cmo i think you have to be much more data and analytics oriented now there is a lot of pressure that comes you know in this chair to make sure that your marketing is performing, you're delivering on, you know, investment levels and, and, and all of those things that go along with it. And so I, I feel very comfortable in that space. And I do think that that is, is, is a function of one, my background, but two, just the evolving role of, of my position. 
And, uh, and Allison, before I, I ask this question, because I want to focus on uh, data, did I get the North American Car of the Year right, 2002? We're Nissan actually, we're, we're confirming that. We are confirming that. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. You know, uh, so yeah, I, I want to talk about data because, you, you know, you in your career and your role now, you use data, but what advice do you have for marketers out there on the best, best practices, best way to use data effectively? Uh, I think and th some of the, that's a great question where I feel like I really got a lot of experience was, you know, one, especially if you're starting out, get, learn CRM, learn the basic fundamentals of CRM, because that you add in technology platforms, you la you add in, you know, things like DSPs, you add in things like that. And that those are enablers of the fundamental strategy of how do you reach consumers with the right mess, the right consumer with the right message at the right time. Um, and so I think for me, it's learn the fundamentals of CRM, stay on top of what the trends are when it comes to the ad tech or martech that's going to enable that. And to me, it's, it's um, I, I would just keep constantly learn this is an evolving space. Understand you're never going to be an expert in it because that's how quickly that it's evolving. Um, and just stay on top, leverage the people around you, leverage, you know, the partners that you have understand who the new players are as well um, and just stay on top of your skills. I like that. I like that. Uh, so also, Allison, like what as the automotive industry, uh, retailers in, in general kind of shift, uh, what are some of those, what do you anticipate as being some of the, the kind of the new normal as things either A, start to come back, uh, as well as people are just used to a certain way after this past year. So what, what do you anticipate the new normal? Yeah, I think I, I'm a firm believer in experience theory. I think now that consumers understand that they can transact online, they can already do that for, you know, probably 90% of the products that they do. It's these, you know, these number one and number two considered purchases, which are home and a car, I think it's now that you can do that online, that will become the norm. And so I think what we're seeing right now is that we're seeing, it's a small group of people that wanna fully transact and wanna fully do that um, online. Um, there, a vast majority of people still want to go to the dealership. And what we need to do, instead of making people choose, provide both. Um, and it's not this either or. And I think that's what we have to make sure that we, it's, it needs to be based on how consumers are wanting to shop. And it's going to evolve over time, but don't force that. Let the consumer drive what that shift is going to be and be ready for it. Because I think, you know, as a car lover, you know, some, some of the, the best part of the experience is the test drive, because that gets you into, you understand, you know, what that car is going to make you feel, you know, you feel it on the road. Um, I think that that isn't a very important part of it. Um, you know, but can everything else happen online? Because that's how I want to shop. Yes. And I think we as brands and, you know, on the Nissan side, that is very much what our philosophy is. We want to be able to provide what, how a shopping experience based on how consumers want to shop versus, you know, what our own preferences. Yeah, no, definitely I need to have options. Me personally, I have to go to the dealership. I have to see <laughs> yes. the car. I have to smell it. I have to, you know, be inside it. And then of course that test drive, feel how it, uh, how it feels. So that's just me, but it's great to have, you know, the, those options and you're adapting uh, with that. So. Yeah, exactly. And also you were correct. 2002 Nissan Ultima North American uh -huh. car of the year. 
Yep. You see, marketing works, AJ, because I saw that. Uh, I, I remember seeing that. I was, so I was a year later, but it was kind of into the new models. And that was the year when, uh, which, you know, the old model or design kind of shifted into that new design. And uh, yep. it was it was sleek. It really was. And it's still sleek. So, uh, yeah, I'd say those just memories that you have. Uh, yep. Look at that. I didn't need a fact checker, right, AJ? I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're saying it on the podcast, I'm guessing you did some research, at least, or hoping. <laughs> Just up here. That's it. But, but actually, Allison, it's a surprise that Vincent actually has ever owned a car. So this is, I've, I've known him 10 years and yeah. this came as a look surprise. Look it up. So. Go into the archive. You can see, you can go right to a database, I'm sure, and look me up. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, Elson, what do you see as the future for electronic versus gas vehicles? Do you have a strong opinion on it? Oh, I think this is this is where it's getting super exciting right now in automotive. I I think for us as a company, Nissan, we've always been a company um, that is understanding what the trends are several years out. What are those trends that are going to be coming down the road? Um, and and I mean like you know ten to fifteen years out. And then how do we work to address the rapidly changing needs of consumers? Um, and so, and I think it's like, and I think through that, and especially over the last few years, I think brands, it's so important for brands to be purposeful in how we connect with our consumers, which is where EV comes in. And our brand purpose is to drive innovation to enrich people's lives. And the fo what that means is that our focus is on building a truly sustainable, and mobile society across everything that we do. It's in the products that we manufacture. It's in our manufacturing facilities. It's how we go to market. Um, it, it's all of those things. So it's not just about the product. It's everything that we're a part of as a company. Obviously, we've seen, you know, you guys have seen EVs are gaining so much momentum in terms of conversation as well as sales and in market share. I think, you know, for us on the Nissan side, we're completely comfortable with this because we have a legacy of being pioneers in the electric vehicle space. We actually, I, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but we actually created the first electric vehicle, which was in 1947, and it was the Tama. So this was the very first electric vehicle. So we have decades of experience in electric vehicles. We also, which I think that this will probably sound a little bit more familiar, but we also were the first, we produced the mass, the, we have the first mass produced electric vehicle, which was the Nissan Leaf. And so the Leaf just celebrated 10 years. It's, it's, it, it hit the double digits. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so, so we have a long legacy of this. And I think the beauty of that is taking those decades of learning and especially having the Leaf on the road for the last 10 years is taking all those learnings and applying them to the future of electrification, which we feel like we're perfectly positioned to do. And an example of that is gonna be our upcoming all electric crossover, the Aria. So this is an amazing all electric um, crossover. It's gonna be coming out later on this year. So I think, you know, we're ready to deliver that. We have our relationship with Formula E. So how do you translate electric, electric performance into a motorsports area? And how do you take that road and track? You know, how do you have that exchange between road and track, which you could really have with electric vehicles, um, much more so than you could, um, you know, with some of the more traditional racing. And I think, you know, going back to the purposeful brand piece, you know, we recently announced that we want to have every all new Nissan vehicle 
is going to be offered in all of our key markets, they will be electrified by the early 2030s. And we want to work towards carbon neutrality by 2050. So to me, it's electric is it's here. It's it's more and more what consumers are looking for. They're already wanting to have more sustainable um, solutions for automotive. On the Nissan, you know, for us as a brand, Nissan, we have a long legacy dating back to 1947 in offering electric vehicles. So we feel perfectly positioned for this um, renaissance in electric vehicles. The 1947 thing, I did not know. It's a nice trivia yeah. fact to know. So it's cool. Yeah, There's, for, and we, yeah, and we talked about actually when Earth Day, um, we, we started to talk about this a little bit more because I, I think that we need to, you know, on, on my job as a marketer is to tell that story. Um, and so, you know, we, we did a lot of social media content a couple of weeks ago for Earth Day to talk about that because I, I you know, I think that is, that is some, that is a unique point to us as a company. And, and I want to make sure that consumers, they, they see that. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, are there any more exciting kind of uh, 2021, 2022 plans that you could share without giving us any trade secrets? <laughs> <laughs> so I can, I think we have some, 2021 is a really exciting year for us. We have been on a massive product transformation. So we have revealed 10 products in the last 20 months. It's, that's major. And so over the next few months, you know, basically through the end of December, we're going to be launching, um, we'll have the all new Pathfinder. So iconic Nissan vehicle. It's going to be back and it is better than ever. It is this amazing rugged vehicle. Um, it's got everything that you need. It has all the technology in the car. And then we also are going to be, we're also going to be rolling out the all new Frontier, which is also this midsize pickup truck. It is also another iconic Nissan, Nissan truck. It was originally called the hard body. Um, and now it's going to be coming to market again. So rugged, so capable. The performance is there. And on, on the rest of our passenger cars, the, you know, the all electric Aria is coming. The Z is coming. And then looking a little bit forward into the future, I think what's really exciting about automotive and what I've seen, you know, this is a little bit, you know, past 2021 is actually around connected vehicles. And this is a little bit more futuristic, but I think when you have connected vehicles that are on the road and how they're communicating with each other, I think that that becomes a very interesting thing for consumers. It also is an interesting place to be for a marketer. And how do you make sure that that is being used for good for consumers. So I'm excited. And, and again, that, that's much further out ahead. Um, but for right now, we're, we're focusing on, again, so, you know, our legacy in electric vehicle and what that means for our future. And then all of this new product that we have coming as well. Uh, I love that. And I, you reminded me of another vehicle. I love the Pathfinder. That, I, that's such an amazing uh, car. My, uh, one of my best friends had that growing up. You just go back to like times when you were like, you know, in high school and in college, my yep. friend had that car. It's uh, and uh, in the Z, my, my friend's mom yeah, every year buys it. I, I don't even know that's the demographic, but she loves it. And <laughs> she, uh, she buys a that. Z, uh, uh, a Nissan Z uh, every few years actually. And just loves it. She's like, uh, so it's, uh, the Murano anyway. Yep. Uh, I'm yep. like, who, who am I telling? Actually... She's like, yeah, I know. I know. 
<laughs> no, I love that. There's yesterday a friend of mine was telling me she's like, I in high school I wouldn't talk to a guy unless he had a pathfinder. And I was like, yeah. that's great. I love it. And that I think was- and I you know that's what I love. It's you know kind of launching these vehicles because especially um, Pathfinder, Frontier, and Z, those these are such iconic Nissan cars. It is it's a privilege to launch these. Launch these. It's so humbling. And the Z, my personal story with the Z is. My family, uh, my older brother is a huge Z lover. And so the Z is actually the first car I learned how to drive a, a manual on. Um, wow. So it was a 300 DX turbo, like not solid 90s design. It was sleek, it was beautiful. Um, and that car is still in our family. And it's, you know, it's like, this is what I love about automotive. And this is what I love about being a marketer in automotive is that there's, there is this love of cars and it's changed over time. Um, because car, you know, there's so much more technology that's in the car, cars that we have today, but there still is that love. You still have these great stories. People name their cars. Um, you know, it's like they save them in, in situations. And I just think that that is what is so, what I really love about being a marketer in the automotive world. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It's like you could think at certain times when, uh, you know, like it took me to my friend, it took me to my friend's mom. And it's, uh, no, it's definitely, it's, it's, there's nostalgia about it. There's passing down of cars, getting into cars. Uh, But uh, Allison, I want to talk about the, you know, recently, obviously travel restrictions, changes. I feel like me personally, my family, we did more road trips. Has Nissan had to pivot marketing in some way to, you know, the family road trip gathering around that? Yeah, so we, yeah, actually 100%. And what we saw last year kind of right around this time is, you know, we were as, as the U in the US and I, you know, there are other parts of the world were obviously in different stages, but as the US started to open up, our, you, you started to see, you know, people, people were getting fatigued by the quarantines and kind of, and stay at home orders. And, you know, as things started to open up, we, we started to actually looking at the data, um, you're starting to see more mobility data and we have more cars on the road. They're going a little bit, you know, they're, they're not going to the normal places. Um, and so we started to think about the road trip, which is such an, it's another iconic thing. We knew travel was not going to be something that people were going to be doing to the same level at all in some cases, but to the same level that they were doing before. And, you know, how do you, the car is a safe space. It is a, it is, you know, this haven. And we saw that people were during the pandemic, we saw people were using the cars as a mobile office. They were using it as a place to kind of take a moment, take a minute from their families and get a little bit of a break. But then it also came, became a place for them to bond with their families and do these road trips. And so we did pivot into that. um, And we were focusing on that all last summer. I think the other thing that we've started to show a lot is and it goes a little bit more into, you know, how do we enrich in people, how do we enrich people's lives through innovation? But it's not just about technology. So how do you start to show technology in a way that's meaningful for consumers? And so we wanted to tell family stories. And so in the case of we launched the Rogue at the end of last year, and it was about um, where do you want to go? And it was about a family that was wanting to go to all of these you know, exotic locations and how the vehicle and how the technology can help enable that. So we've shifted a lot more into um, how do you talk about more human connections to the vehicles versus just cold technology? And we were already starting to do that. And I would say that we accelerated it in the pandemic because there was this pronounced shift in how people were using the cars, especially for road trips. 
Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, you know, and even me being, uh, you know, being a New York City guy, uh, now that my, my kids don't go into cars all the time, but when my four-year-old goes into a car, forget, he already knows. He's like, oh, that's the Nissan. Yeah. Like we're going in yep. and it's like an adventure for him uh, already. So it's, it definitely, you know, brings, brings the family together. So I, yep. I love hearing that. I have a question because, you know, we were talking about the Heisman, we're talking about football uh, you know, a little bit. And I, you know, can you talk me about like the coolest event that you've ever been to? Oh man. <laughs> I'm sure there's oh. tons. I was like, what is the coolest event? Uh, and why? I it's it, yeah. The, I have to say, I I've, I've been fortunate to go to a lot of cool things. I think the Heisman Award ceremony in two, 2019 was probably it was one of the coolest things. And I I think we've had a relationship with the Heisman Trust, you know, over ten years now. And when I came into my role in in 2019. You know, we, I wanted to really kind of redo the way that we are approaching our sponsorship and how do we approach the creative. Um, and so, you know, and like give it a little bit of a refresh. So we spent a lot of time, you know, kind of doing that. And then to see the fans reaction to it and how everyone was responding. And then in December, 2019, so we, we ended up going to the ceremony as we were, you know, we're corporate sponsors of it. Um, and so, you know, we got a chance to meet all the finalists in Joe Burrow he won that year yeah. and just and being there at the when they're actually during the broadcast and kind of sitting in the audience and you know and the the day after that you get to, there's kind of a reception and you meet all of the Heismans and so you know you're just kind of walking around and and you you become you become a little kid and you've got your football and you got the you got yeah. the designer you're like Doug Flutie like I want you know like I'm this little kid and I I would just say that way. it was really special but I think the other thing that was really, really cool about it is that during the intermission, during the, the commercial breaks, during the actual broadcast, they're running our Heisman creative. And it's so rare as a marketer that you see an entire room of people reacting to your spot. Wow. Um, and to see the Heismans reacting to it. And I just, it just was, you know, it was, it felt really good to see how it was being received and, and in a setting like that. That's awesome. And then, okay, I'm sorry. I, I wanted, so you lived in different places. Uh, you went to school in different places. The who's your favorite NFL team? Favorite NFL team. Uh, this one's a tough one. Uh, I, I have to say it has evolved over time. It is the Titans. It is yeah, the Tennessee they're there Titans. now in Tennessee. <laughs> I, you know. I've gotten to know the team. Uh, we, um, the stadium is Nissan stadium. So we spent a lot of time. We've had a lot of monumental, brand company meetings that have been there. And so it's just become this special place. And I think knowing the team and, and, you know, getting to meet some of the players, current players and former players, yeah. it's just like, it's just, a, it's the team. I think, you know, before that, I have to say it was probably the giants, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm tightened up all the time. Yep. Yep. That's where I was going because the New Jersey reference, the New York reference, but it's okay. <laughs> Titans, great team. They're doing well, their coach, uh, you know, that's awesome. Go ahead, AJ. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, I, I want to ask a follow-up question on football, but but I do know if it's a trivia pursuit game, the right answer is either Tom Brady or Manning. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's usually, that's, yeah, usually, that is, yeah, yes, so. I would say that was that's a, that's the that's the good answer. Which Manning, AJ? Uh, I, I leave it as Manning. Just so I can <laughs> <See. get it. laughs> the Giants would know. The, the Giants. There's only one Manning to me. That's Eli. <laughs> Eli, shout out Eli Manning if you're listening. <laughs> so, Allison, uh, 
more kind of related to personal likes and dislikes is a question we like to ask all the guests. So I'm sure based on your title alone uh, and, and your background, you probably get tons of unsolicited emails and LinkedIn messages. So what, what's a message that really annoys you and what's one that uh, gets a response back from you? This is a great question because I feel like I feel like I want to kind of teach a class in this. <laughs> kind of, after having been in my, been in my role, um, I would. I think the first thing is the the um, templated outreach. Very rarely is going to get noticed. And I this morning alone, I had probably fifteen out solicitations that came through. Um, and so, and it, I like, it's, you know, like you're, you're, we get them a lot. I probably get, you know, 30 to 50 a day. And if you include LinkedIn and, and other platforms, it, it starts to increase. Um, and so I think the key, very similar to marketing is that you need to find a way to break through. And I, the ones that really stand out are the ones that some that reach out in creative ways. And I've had people send me a really engaging GIF <laughs> That it was like very humorous and they had reached out a couple times. So when they sent that, I was like, okay, like they have put some effort into this. It was personalized and it was like, okay, I, this is, I want, I want to talk to these guys. Um, so I would say, you know, be creative in your outreach. Um, you know, the business, the business side of it and what it's going to deliver on the business there to and I don't want to minimize that, but there is, there, there's an expectation for that. So I wouldn't lead with that. I would lead, you know, like with an insight that is is could be new or or may have not been discovered, um, and be, and be creative with it. If it's gonna, if it looks like it's templated, or if you, um, you know, if you actually are sending it out to, you know, a, a blank list of people, it's gonna be hard to respond to that. And, and what else have you been up to during this kind of uh, stay-at-home period? What are some of your other personal hobbies? Personally, so I have been, um, I've been trying, I've been trying to get outdoors as much as I can. I'm a runner. And so it's just been, you know, getting outdoors, getting in, there's some really beautiful um, parks and things in Nashville and around Nashville. So I've been trying to get out into that. I've been hiking a lot. I did um, kind of the, one of the first trips that I did kind of, you know, like safe, safe trip was actually rock climbing. So I actually learned how to rock climb. Oh, um, cool. and mountain climbs. So that was, that was good. It was just a, just a nice way to kind of get out. You're outside. There aren't a lot of people. Um, so I did that and yeah, and I, th so I think it's just been active, you know, taking, taking care of myself physically, you know, the mental piece of it, I think we've all, you know, we're, we're all going through this. And so it's, how can I be the best version, um, of myself for my team and for everyone around me? And then I think it's just also checking in on my friends, you know, talking to them, FaceTiming with them. Um, I'm in, I, I got engaged over the, over, over the pandemic. So, oh, nice. um, you know, it's just, you know, you learn how to communicate um, in these, you know, in these wild times. So I, it's, it's been a big, it's been an interesting year and a lot of learnings. Was it a Zoom date, Allison? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. There was a, a lot of FaceTimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's awesome. Well, that that was a congratulations. So that that was a, a a personal highlight of the you know the last year or so. Uh, talk to me about. We have a lot of people who are entering marketing. Um, you know, talk to you know us. Uh, talk to them about 
how to break through in marketing, how to get into this field. And then I'd love to hear like a, a, a career highlight of yours. Sure. Um, I think in order to get into the field, I would, I think there's so many great internships that are going on now. And I think it's, I, I wish that I had, you know, it, I, I wish that I was able to intern. Um, I'm trying to think, I, I think I worked at my, my dad's office as a file clerk in a, in a doctor's office. So I wish I would have had some of this experience. Um, so I, I would suggest, you know, just reaching out to any type of internship opportunities, um, paid or unpaid. Um, and just get that experience and kind of start to learn how it is. I think also, you know, reach out to people that you know in the marketing area, and even if it's just shadowing. And anytime people reach out and like, oh, I want to shadow you, um, you know, I, I'm open to it because I just think when you get the inside view of how things operate, it just it prepares you that much more when you actually start to become a full time employee. Um, so I, I would say those are the biggest things. Um, really look for those opportunities reach out and look for mentors um, and people that can help guide you in the space. And, you know, and I get a lot of outreach um, on LinkedIn and, and I, I try to do this as much as my schedule possibly allows um, to do things like that. Cause I think that's really important. It's how do you build the next generation of marketers and chances are they, they know even more than I do today. Um, but it's, but I have the experience and, and, you know, kind of the navigation skills um, that I can try to help with people that are coming up in the, in the area. So I would say those are the two biggest things. Um, and then I think, and what your other question was the biggest. Oh, just, uh, yeah, just a career highlight. Uh, oh. you know, so, so far. I, I have to say this sounds super cheesy, but I'm in it. I, mm. I'm in it really working on this Nissan next product transformation and the, and what we've been doing with the brand and how we've been evolving our creative and our data approach and how we're going to market. This has been the highlight and it's not just kind of one moment in time. And, and I've, I've had all the experience I've, I've done, I've done all of the things, but it's been this, it's the building piece of it that has been so gratifying and being able to work with the team that, that I have um, both internally here at Nissan, but then also at our agency partners. So I'm in it. And I also like that, like, we're not done yet. We have so much more mm -hmm. to do. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. I, I love the work that Nissan is doing. And, and you, a lot of, you know, the automobile industry there, uh, a lot of automobiles to choose from, but I feel like Nissan has really been, uh, you know, making themselves stand out, uh, which is what prompted, you know, me to, you know, to reach out. So this has been awesome, Allison. We really yeah. appreciate uh, your time and doing this. And uh, I, I truly made it keep up the uh, awesome work there. And uh, I'm not mad at you that you're a Tennessee Titans fan now. Don't you worry. Uh, that's great. But this has been amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Allison Witherspoon. She is the CMO of Nissan. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. That's my CEO, AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at info at themarketingstir.com. Thanks for listening.